Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And in that space, there's a potent opportunity to be more gay. Hello and welcome to The Deeper Podcast, a podcast that's all about how we live lives that evoke more courage and more love in our daily life in small ways that build up to be earth-changing. I'm Reverend Sham, one of your hosts. We start with those words from Viktor Frankl. I mean, I added a little bit at the end there because they lie at the heart of where we're going in this last message from our Regeneration series that we're going to hear from Reverend Gretchen. But before we get to that, this is my last podcast before my sabbatical, which makes me really sad because, you know, this is actually one of my favorite parts of my week. I get to receive whatever happened on worship, engage in conversation, go deeper into it, and really in some ways have a dialogue with it and with all of you. And it's just been amazing to see all of the people uh, who have been listening to the podcast as each month we've had more and more people joining us. So thanks. Now, now this week, we are rounding out our series on regeneration. And that pause is what Gretchen is speaking about today. Because as we've been in states of emergency for so long, we get accustomed to reacting and not responding, to not finding freedom, but in fact feeling locked in. But she invites us to practice that pause. So within that pause, we can choose to not only honor what has been lost and honor what has been changed, but to move into that place of building, of planting, of growing and creating together. And to do that around a life that isn't centered around death, but around joy and liberation and abundance and the beauty of diverse beings on this planet. And, and that knowledge that we are inseparable, which of course is the right message to hear as we commemorate, celebrate, and get reinvigorated by this year's Earth Day. So I'm going to turn it over to Reverend Gresham to hear her message, Earth Seeds. Last week, I was talking to a colleague about how things were going in his church, and he paused for a moment, and then he said, you know, so much has changed, and so much has been lost. Really, like, everything, everything has changed. So that if I really start to think about it, I... I I might not recover, so I just don't. This is how a lot of us feel about the news about climate change, especially when we set it up against other headlines of today, like the Russian, uh, the destruction from Russia, or the latest crazy contagious COVID variant, or the latest officer-involved shooting. We have reached a point of sort of maximum catastrophe so that there's, there's a point where we just simply cannot think about it or we will teeter over into that place of despair that Becky described. We just, we just simply cannot take it in. Closer to home, I realized this week that by June, we will have had more memorials in our Foothills community in the first six months of this year than we've had in the whole of the last six years. So many people that we have loved have died. 
And at the same time, so many new babies have been born, babies that are now toddlers in many cases. People have fallen in and out of love. Some have started whole new jobs, new careers. Others have retired. Homes have been bought and sold. We have all aged, all of us. And we have all been changed. Almost exactly two years ago on that first Sunday where we went all online, we led a service that we called the State of Emergency. It was a play on the word emergence, which is that idea that recognizes the constant influx of novelty and creativity at, the, at work across all of life, that there's often lots of things going on and that, so that suddenly some big change is happening, but it's happening um, be, um, not all of a sudden, but actually because there was a lot of newness happening all, all along. And the title was also an intentionally, intentionally an acknowledgement of the emergency that we were literally thrown into, the emergency of the pandemic that then in turn intersected with the emergency of racial injustice, which also intersected with the ongoing emergency of the climate crisis. And these emergencies happened at the same time that all of those realities of life and the ways that we are changing kept happening. Now, in a state of emergency, all we really have is react. Like, all we have is fight or flight or freeze. You are caught in a state of reaction so that you can survive. It's, it's, very, it's a really good thing because we want to survive. And we also know that this is not a way that we can live long term. Even if the trouble has not fully passed, as, and even if the pandemic has not fully passed, which we know it hasn't, even if, as Paul Hawken reminds us, and other climate scientists and activists would remind us, the bigger trouble is actually still to come. At a certain point, if you are going to keep going, I mean, at least, I know, if I'm going to keep going, you do have to stop taking things in in a way that feels like that state of emergency. You gotta move out of the reaction. I mean, I need to move out of the reaction and into that intentional response. You, I, I mean, we must make a choice for how we are going to live. And by that, I, I don't mean make a choice to deny or play make-believe or submit to the blind optimism that Sean argued against so well a few weeks ago. I, and I also don't mean to shirk responsibility for our failures or to sidestep grief. I actually kind of mean the opposite. I, I mean to recognize these things and then, and then to acknowledge that there is an alternate story that we want to live from, that we can choose to live from. That is a story of expansion and generativity and creativity. It is that choice that Becky was speaking about of moving from decomposing to recreation, to be like the fungi. That is to turn what has died into fertile ground for what needs to be born. Even if we will not be there to see that birth in its full life. Let me give you an example of what I mean. 
A few weeks ago, I was feeling really down about the anti-queer and anti-trans moves happening across the country. Um, the don't say gay law in, in Florida is getting all the attention, but the thing was really getting to me was the, the laws in Texas and Tennessee that regard a parent's gender affirming care, which let's be clear is often literally life saving care. These laws think of this, perceive this care as an act of abuse. So I was just feeling all these echoes from the past that is a visceral fear for, for all the ways that again, it, it would be unsafe less safe to be queer and even less safe to be trans in our country. I could feel that state of emergency washing over me. And then right then in the middle of that feeling, I felt another feeling rising in me. That is the sort of clarity that Sean preached about last Sunday. That is the clarity of my own worth and the clarity of all people's worth across all genders and sexual orientations and all ways of loving and being loved. And I remembered Audre Lorde who said, your silence cannot protect you. And I remembered the very first Unitarian Universalist Church that I attended in 1999 when I had just come out and everything was upside down. And my partner and I felt so alone I remembered how that church saw us. That is, they, they saw our dignity and our inherent worth. They saw us together and they welcomed us and we held hands in the back of church and people were happy that we were there and we were just crying <laughs> just every service because we felt so, so welcome and we felt, we felt that we could feel our own healing and our own changing. And, and that, that welcome, that affirmation of our, our dignity, it was one big reason that I am standing here right now. So I remembered this legacy, which is the inheritance, what we inherit in our faith. And I thought, oh, in our church, it isn't just that we reject that don't say gay bill. In our church, we say be more gay. In our church, we say be more trans. In our church, we say be more expansive, be more curious, be more hopeful, be more courageous, be more love, be more you. Which is what led me to invite a group of lay leaders to start meeting a few weeks ago to start talking about a campaign that we could call Be More Gay. It turns out that we had an unofficial launch on Easter, you might have noticed. But coming soon, there will also be bumper stickers and yard signs and t-shirts. And we'll be hosting a support group for trans kids, trans youth, and their parents. And with our partners, we will offer support groups for queer BIPOC youth and young adults. And there will definitely be a big party later in the summer and we will be hosting a drag queen day here at church. These are just some of the initial ideas we have had. So all of this is what I mean about what it means to choose to respond rather than react. It is what it means to choose generativity and possibility and a way of life, whatever might come our way. It is, as Adrienne Marie Brown writes in her poem called 
be careful, I am fertile. She writes, it is knowing the beauty of our own reckoning. All those years, asleep in delicious fog that was only winter. It is the knowing that I am not alone, that there are many of us howling at starlight, growing the next generation of awe and wonder, of fractal fate. It is knowing, as Becky says, that we are a part of the kingdom of fungi, transforming all that has been lost into nourishment for what will come next. It is the being aware of our own power, that is knowing that we contain multitudes, that there is no such thing as an individual being. It is knowing that we are all fertile beings, create capable of creating so much life in all of our networks and all of our connections. That is when we choose. This is the spirit that pushes me out of despair about all we face, including maybe especially including the climate crisis, which so often we talk about, we do talk about as an emergency, which it is. It's just that the only way to keep moving forward it, that through this, it, that is how the only way to respond rather than just react is to take ourselves out of that state of emergency and then move with intention into positive action. That is to make a conscious choice to live, as Marge Piercy says, as if I liked myself. And then it may be true. That's her, from one of her poems. I think what she means is that, that we might live as if we love life. As if we can look around at all this beauty and believe that it should, it must keep going and going and going. And it is the choice to know that even, as I said, that we, will not, we may not live to see the world we are building, we will still plant the seeds that we can till the soil and sing out with joy all along the way. Hawkins' book and his website, regeneration.org, offer so many examples of positive response and choices for how to live aligned with life. There's an overwhelming number of options. And he, he also lists out not just the kind of individual ways to respond um, and, and to move in that positive direction, but also communal ways, group ways, particular group ways, corporate ways, municipalities, um, global or national and global. He, he really um, offers uh, at that acknowledgement of that there is not just any, there's no one single being and we need all the options on the table. So one of my favorites from his um, offerings is his invitation to engage more intentionally with efforts in our community for diversifying and localizing our food sources, especially those when those are driven by black, indigenous and people of color um, members of our community that are seeking to re-engage traditional practices. This invitation, which you can, it, it's recognizing the ways that our, that the, um, the food industry has had, has such a major impact on climate change, but it just doesn't seek to resist or, or react to those destructive practices. Instead, it seeks an, to um, set, set up camp in an alternate vision of life. That is to align ourselves with nourishment and beauty. That is also community building, relationship building, 
You can see this spirit alive, I think, in our Foothills Sustainable Supper that's hosted by our climate justice team and in our partnership with the local farm here that offers all kinds of programs for children and youth called Sprouting Up. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. These words have been attributed to Holocaust survivor and philosopher Viktor Frankl. Although it's more accurate to say they mostly just represent his core philosophy because he proclaimed that even in the midst of the worst possible circumstances, like, like those he experienced and survived, even then we can still have agency. Even then we can make choices. Even then we can have ideas. Even then we might birth a new creation. The pandemic, and the polarities of the last few years have made our world feel very small. We have practiced diminishing our possibilities as an exercise in compassion and safety and care. And the potential volatility of our conversations has kept so many of us feeling like we've been backed into a corner, unable to connect. So much has been lost. And so much has changed, which to me means that it must be time to build. That is, must be time to plant and to grow and to create together that life centered around joy and liberation and abundance for all, which necessarily includes our planet from which we are inseparable. It must be time to make choices every day, every day that regenerate life, choices that put life in the center of life, in all of our networks, in all of our multitudes. It must be time to consider the fullness of our impact and the trajectory of our dreams by and all the ways that we can move that would be more gay. By which I mean, of course, more generative, more expansive, more life-giving, more creative, and more free for us all. May it be so, and amen. I'm so grateful to welcome now Peg McMorris and Gail Marie Kimmel from our climate justice team who are going to offer an invitation um, to practice this regeneration and generativity and alignment with life right here with In Foothills. You must make a choice to live. Not a choice to deny, to play make-believe or be blindly optimistic even to choose to disregard the work of healing or understanding trauma or shirk responsibilities or failure or sidestep grief. Our work is to choose to live from a different story, a story of expansion, of generativity and creativity, the choice to move from decomposing to recreation, to be like fungi. I, I love that image because when it's uh, paired with Gretchen's testimony of how the Be More Gay campaign started you can see how from the rot of society we can find compost that fuels us in life generating ways and so soon we're going to have 
bumper stickers. We're going to have signs and T-shirts. We're going to be having an amazing opportunity to support parents of trans kids. And even, and I've been wanting, and I'm so sad I'm not going to be there, a drag queen day at church. All of this is a choice, right? It's a choice to react, um, or a choice to respond, rather, right? to respond by being fed from the decomposing, the decomposing of, of life into that more beautiful space. And I want to share a, a testimonial that one of our members, Becky Wagner, shared. This, this lit the chalice in our gathering, but I feel like it has something to say about that, that choice about how to be. My name is Becky Wagner. This piece was written several weeks ago while I was in the midst of despair, trying to figure out why I was there and find a way out. I'm happy to say that I was successful in finding both of those answers, thanks to Reverend Sean's Despair Club and some willingness to do some soul searching on my part and some hard work. I share this with you today so that you can have a brief glimpse into my process and know that there is a way through the dark night of the soul that all of us go through as we walk our journeys. When Jen initially asked me to do this chalice lighting, I immediately and tearfully said no. I just did not have the positive attitude, hope, energy, or desire to speak to regeneration right now. But I did promise to go home and think about it. And so I did. And I really did meditate on it. And my spirit guides even got into the discussion. And before long, I knew that I could do this, and I even wanted to do it. My first task was to figure out where I personally am in this regeneration process because I certainly had not been feeling like I'd been renewed or rebuilding anything over the last year. Quite the contrary, it's been a year of deconstruction, of tearing down, of letting go, of digging up, of turning over, of recycling, of composting, and well, you get the message. As I look over the landscape of my life right now, I barely recognize it. In some ways, it has been clear cut. But underneath all of that debris and rotting pieces of my life is where I have decided I am now creating new life and I'm regenerating. I have claimed my life metaphorically as a fungus. Now, initially, I was turned off by this metaphor because of the surrounding in which the fungi live and do their work. But the more I ponder it, the more excited and joyous I become. I mean, think about it. The kingdom of the fungi is the one doing the work of creating new soil, of turning rotting pieces of what have died into fertile ground for something new. That's just amazing. What a calling for this 75-year-old pagan who will probably not live to see this new world that will grow out of the debris and the ashes of the one that is now in the process of unraveling. To have the opportunity to play a major role in creating new soil for that world to take root in and bring forth new life and become the sustainable world that we must create 
if we are to continue on this planet, just makes my heart sing. Now, I cannot deny that this regeneration process as a fungus is not lonely and even dark at times. But I consider this work to be shadow spiritual work, and those characteristics sometimes go with shadow work. But there is also connecting work and joyous splashes of color and diversity work and tender reproductive work as spores and tidbits of shared pieces of love and learning are sent out into the universe to find fertile places to land and take root. What a rich and fertile landscape to be immersed in during these crone and wisdom years of this lifetime for me. I'm grateful to be alive and able to continue to contribute to the reconnecting and reconnecting, recreating that is happening and will continue to happen as the world as we have known it unravels and changes. I invite you to join in the journey of finding your metaphorical and physical place in this unraveling and regenerating and find the joy and the hope that the earth and her systems offer to us as examples. I'm in gratitude for the community where love is welcomed and supported and truth is encouraged and spoken. Even when we may not be the ones to see the world reconstituted in the beauty of our dreams, it is still our work to find our place and how that is going to come to be. I so love the, the beauty of what Becky shared in her practice of finding a way through despair to her place in the, in the web of life, a faithful, a trusting, um, and an enduring place. And that, and that's the work for all of us in all of our different places. And I'm so grateful that we have a community in which that's what we do with each other is we help each other find that place. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the podcast. If you want to learn more about Be More Gay, you can go to foothillsuu.org slash be more gay. The website should be up very soon to find a place in. As always, we love hearing from you. Reach out to us at deeperpod at foothillsuu.org. And once again, we can do this. We can meet you in your life, whether you're doing the dishes, going for a walk, a run, a roll, whatever you are doing because of the work of the people that sustain our community. So if you've not found a way to support our community financially, we encourage you to do so. You can go to foothillsuu.org slash give or giving. Both of those will take you to a place where you can find a way that um, matches the generosity that you feel towards our work with a financial contribution that'll help sustain our work together. Well, I am going to be off until October. So I wish you a very wonderful time. You'll be in the great hands of Reverend Elaine and others during my sabbatical. So I can't wait to hear about the stories and to listen to the podcast and to see what is happening in the life of our community once I am back in October. Ground below us. I'll see you then. Below Thanks for listening. Is holy, holy. Is holy, holy. This air that breathes us. Our hands.
For the world that we love 